section one of the white wolf and other fireside tales this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. The White Wolf and Other Fireside Tales by Sir Arthur Thomas Quiller Couch. Section 1 Miracle of the White Wolf. Part 1 The Tale of Snorri Gamlison. In the early summer of 1358, with the breaking up of the ice there came to brodelid in greenland a merchant ship from norway with provisions for the christian settlements on the coast the master's name was snorri gamlason and it happened that as he sailed into Eriksfjord and warped alongside the quay word was brought to him that the bishop of garda had arrived that day in Brodelid to hold a confirmation, whereupon this Snorri went ashore at once and, getting audience of the bishop, gave him a little book with an account of how he had come by it. The book was written in Danish, and Snorri could not understand a word of it, being indeed unable to read or to write but he told this tale his ship about three weeks before had run into a calm which lasted for three days and two nights and with a northerly drift she fell away little by little towards a range of icebergs which stretched across and ahead of them in a solid chain but about noon of the third day the colour of the sky warned him of a worse peril and soon there came up from the westward a bank of fog with snow in it and a wind that increased until they began to hear the ice grinding and breaking up as it seemed all around them snorri steered at first for the southward where had been open water but by and by found that even here were drifting bergs he therefore put his helm down and felt his way through the weather by short boards and so with the most of his men stationed forward to keep a lookout fenced as it were with the danger steering and tacking until by god's grace the fog lifted and the wind blew gently once more and now in the clear sunshine he saw that the storm had been more violent than any had supposed since the wall of ice which before had been solid was now burst and riven in many places and in particular to the eastward where a broad path of water lay before them almost like a canal but winding here and there towards this snorri steered and entered it with a fair breeze 
they had come he said but to the second bend of this waterway when a seaman who had climbed the mast on the chance of spying an outlet called out in surprise that there was a ship ahead of them but two miles off and running down the channel before the wind even as they at first he found no credit for this tale and even when those on deck spied her mast and yard overtopping a gap between two bergs they could only set it down for a mirage or cheat of eyesight in the clear weather but by and by said snorri they could not doubt they were in chase of a ship and further that they were fast overtaking her for she steered with no method and shook with every slant of wind and anon went off before it like a helpless thing until in the end she was fetched up by the jutting foot of a berg and there shook her sail flapping with such noise that snorri's men heard it though yet a mile away they bore down upon her and now took note that this sail of hers was ragged and frozen so that it flapped like a jointed board and that her rigging hung in all ways and untended but stiff with rime and drawing yet nearer they saw an ice line about her hull so deep that her timbers seemed bitten through and a great pile of frozen snow upon her poop banked even above her tiller but no helmsman and no living soul upon her then snorri let lower his boat and was rowed towards her and coming alongside gave a hail which was unanswered but from the frozen pile by the tiller there stuck out a man's arm ghastly to see snorri climbed on board by the waist where her sides were low and a well reached aft from the mast to the poop there was a cabin beneath the poop and another and larger room under the deck forward between the step of the mast and the bows into each of these he broke with axes and bars and in the one found nothing but some cooking pots and bedding but in the other that is the after cabin the door as he bursted in almost fell against a young man seated by a bed so lifelike was he that snorri called aloud in the doorway but anon peering into the gloomy place perceived the body to be frozen upright and stiff and that on the bed lay another body of a lady slight and young and very fair she too was dead and frozen yet her cheeks albeit white as the pillow against which they rested had not lost their roundness snorri took note also of her dress and of the coverlet reaching from the bed's foot to her waist that they were of silk for the most part and richly embroidered and her shift and the bedsheets about her of fine linen the man's dress was poor and coarse by comparison 
yet he carried a sword and was plainly of gentle nurture the sword snorri drew from its sheath and brought away also he took a small box of jewels but little else could he find on the ship and no food of any kind his design was to leave the ship as he found it carrying away only these tokens that his story when he arrived at brodelid might be received with faith and to direct where the ship might be sought for but as he quitted the cabin some of his men shouted from the deck where they had discovered yet another body frozen in a drift this was an old man seated with crossed legs and leaning against the mast having an inkhorn slung about his neck and almost hidden by his grey beard and on his knee a book which he held with a thumb frozen between two pages this was the book which snorri had brought to brodelid and which the bishop of garda read aloud to him that same afternoon translating as he went the ink being fresh the writing clerkly and scarcely a page damaged by the weather it bore no title but the bishop who afterwards caused his secretary to take a copy of the tale gave it a very long one beginning god's mercy shone in a miracle upon certain castaways from jutland at the feast of the nativity of his blessed son our lord in the year thirteen fifty seven whereby he made dead trees to put forth in leaf and comforted desperate men with summer in the midst of the frozen sea with much beside but all this appears in the tale which i will head only with the name of the writer End of section 1